Get your ears open and your mind ready for insights on what you need to succeed as a marketing leader, as we're back with another episode of CMO Combo. This time, we're joined by award-winning CMO and host of the TV show Liftoff, Jeannie Walden. We're taking a look at understanding your customers' priorities in these difficult economic times, especially how things can change across different generations. Wondering what challenges Gen Z are facing, finding it hard to understand millennial woes, finding yourself forgetting about Generation X. We take a look at how you can understand your customers, no matter what age they are, and how best to reach them in this episode. Hi, Jeannie. Welcome to CMO Convo. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. So excited to be on your show. I'm excited to have you here as well. Um, It's going to be a very, very interesting conversation to talk about because we're talking about customer needs, which is obviously going to be very, very important in the next few years for CMOs with the economic downturns. Retention is going to be incredibly important for pretty much every business out there. And I'm very interested to take look at the angle that we've been discussing for this episode, which is sort of like the generational gap between customers and how you can understand that as a CMO. But before we do dig into that very juicy topic, Jeannie, maybe you can introduce yourself to our audience and tell us a bit about yourself and why you want to talk about this topic in particular, actually. Sure. I'm Jeannie Walden. I've been a chief marketing officer and an entrepreneur for, gosh, over 20 years. We're going to leave it at that. I don't want to sound too old, but recently I left to start my own enterprise called Liftoff with Jeannie Walden. It includes a TV show, a podcast, and a technology showcase. It's very cool. And the reason I did that is because as a chief marketing officer, I've spent so many years helping brands get their word out about incredible products and solutions that help people. But the average person isn't hearing about it as much as they should, or it's covered in so much noise with social networks. I really wanted to find a way to get the messages out in a really trusted and relatable manner. Great stuff. Great stuff. So Jeannie, when we're talking about generations of customers, what do we mean? Are we talking about Gen Z, millennials, that kind of thing? Absolutely. There's five generations of customers that are looking at your brands and integrating and getting involved with your brands, either as employees or consumers right now. Yeah, because it's it's not just B2C and B, um, B2C where this matters. It's important in B2B as well. Like more and more of Gen Z are moving into the workplace and they're, they're even moving into positions where they're decision makers now. Like Gen Z, they've been around for a while now. We're mo- I don't even know what the next generation after that. I think it's Generation Alpha. Yes. I think, but it's it's important to consider both B2B and B2C, but why is it important to consider those generational gaps when it comes to customer needs? There's so many reasons that it's important from a customer perspective. And the easiest one to point to right now, and especially in this economy, is different generations have different levels of disposable income. They have different priorities for how they're spending the money that they do have, and they have different ways of interacting and engaging with brands, vastly different than each generation. So you've got to know how to get your message out to the generation that matters on the channels that matter the most for your company. So let's, let's, Break it down. You mentioned there are five generations. I, I was thinking in terms of three. I was I was mainly on boomer, millennial, and Gen Z. But let, let's what are these five generations that you want to? You break forgot down? Gen X. The, yeah, the, oh, the forgot. Oh, you everyone forgot Gen X. Gen X. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry to all the Gen X listeners out there. I'm very hey, sorry. Well, as a matter of fact, I am Gen X, and Will, I got to tell you, we're the generation to not be forgotten about. So sometimes <laughs> you hear us being called the sandwich generation because uh-huh. right now, as consumers. 
we're working, we have disposable income, not as much as the baby boomers and maybe not as much as Gen Z that has the highest levels of disposable income, but our priority is taking care of our parents, the baby boomers, and taking care of our millennial children and our Gen Z children. And over 50% of Gen Z children are still living at home. So when we make the money, we're spending it. We're not spending it on ourselves. We're spending it on our families. We're a big buying demographic that every single brand should care about. And we're a decision-making demographic. So even in the B2B space, we're the people with the jobs that are deciding whether that SAP infrastructure is going to be approved or whether it's going to be Salesforce over HubSpot for CRM. Definitely, definitely. And once again, apologies to, to all the Gen Xs out there. <laughs> I'm very sorry for forgetting about you. You are very, very important, as Jeannie said. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned like uh, Gen Z staying at home. That's likely to increase in economic downturns. So it's going to be even more pressure on Gen X, I suppose. Yeah, well, you know, look, I I graduated college and I lived at home with my mom for, I think, a month before I was like, I don't care if I have to live in the street. I, I can't go to college and be independent and then move back home and did everything that I could to find viable value propositions and work to get me out of the house. And, and I feel like Gen Z has a little bit of a different mindset right now. They're staying at home to amass their wealth so that they can afford to make a good move. Because as we all know, the price of real estate, the price of cars still is exorbitant. And I think they want to move out. They just can't afford it. But what that means though, is while they're home, they're working, they're you know building their wealth, they're saving, but that gives them the highest amount of disposable income. Interesting thing about Gen Z with brands though, and definitely with marketing is they are not necessarily responding to traditional marketing as the baby boomers and Gen Xs and the older half of millennials do. They're responding more towards social media. And they grew up in the me generation with an iPhone in their hand. So they assume that if it's not authentic, it's probably not trustable. And they're looking for brands that come across in a very authentic manner. So that's a that's a really nice snapshot of sort of the the Gen Z as a as a consumer or or, or as a or even as a B two B buyer. As I said, there are Gen Z people in those kinds of positions of power now. How do you get to understand these different generations? It's got to be a huge challenge, as you said. There's five different generations that uh, that CMOs and marketers need to understand. How do you get to know them? How do you get to understand their needs and wants and desires? Yeah, you know, it's it's not as hard as it sounds, but it's something that's really important and is overlooked by many different marketing teams and strategists. If you just sit down and make a grid of baby boomers, Gen X, millennial, Gen Z, and you can either put alpha as the fifth or you could look at the silent generation, which is still around, you know, probably very elderly and in, in nursing homes, but they also are investing a lot of money in technology, personal technology, because if you are in an assisted living care facility, you've got disposable income and you need to spend your time effectively, you're probably investing in a computer of iPhone, iPod. So make a list of the generations understand what ages they are and what might matter to them. What is it that they care about? Not from a product perspective, but what is their priority in their life? I told you that Gen X is that sandwich priority. We care about our parents and our children. You know, 
baby boomers care about themselves, they're retired, they're having a level of independence, but they also care about their families. And I was just talking to somebody earlier today saying, look, if you're a hotel, advertising to a baby boomer is probably gonna get you a higher value, more profitable room reservation because grandma or aunt Bessie is gonna rent three to four rooms so the entire family can come along versus the millennial, the millennial or the Gen Z who might be well off, but they can only afford one room and maybe you know split it with another couple that they have. So you've got to look at what's the, their priority in life and then decide what products you have, how do they meet with the different brands, and then you get into channel preference as far as introduction and conversation, and very importantly, retention. Travel is a great industry to talk about in this respect. I, I do have a bit, a bit of experience working in travel in the travel industry. And I think it's a really good snapshot of what people want from the money they spend. I think older generations will focus a lot on the quality of the hotel, the quality of the resort they're staying at. Whereas millennials and Gen Z are very much more focused on the experiences they can have at places. What can they, what can they Instagram? What can they TikTok while they're there? Like that's, kind of a big focus I feel for a lot of um, a lot of Gen Z and a lot of millennials so I think that difference between sort of like the value you can get from something is quite different in terms of like what they're spending their money on like they're not spending their money on features they're spending their money on the experience they get with it and I think that does translate to other products and other industries as well yeah yeah and, and you're so right about that I just happen to be a huge fan of Hilton and the Hilton Grand Vacation which is timeshare program and recently they bought a company called Diamond. Hilton was targeting X and baby boomers. Diamond was targeting millennials. And everything you said is spot on. It's like you almost read their, their marketing play. <laughs> the millennials wanted to go places where they could add on experiences to their stay. The baby boomers wanted to have the high quality places that you could stay on site. And they created, Hilton Grand Vacations created HGV Max. And well, I don't work for Hilton or have anything to do with them. <laughs> I, I am, from a marketing standpoint, obsessed with the integration that they're doing to bring a great experience to all the generations and really be relatable to everybody. I think it's, I think it's a signal of what every business needs to do, even outside of the travel community. For sure, for sure. Um, so understand your customers and the generational needs is going to be very important in terms of attracting those customers, but it's also going to be very important in retaining those customers. And I think that's something we really want to talk about today, especially in light of the economic recessions that are going on. Customer retention is going to be incredibly important to companies. So let's talk about why retention is important, and then we can start breaking down into why why these different generational gaps are important when you're considering how to retain customers. So. I'm sure we're preaching to the converted here, but let, let's talk about why is it important to think about retaining customers when you're a marketing leader as a CMO? Well, you can Google this stat and you're going to find everything from it's 10 times to 17 times to 27 times less expensive to retain a customer than it is to find a new one. So first and foremost, let's start with the economics. And, and that is very powerful. Secondly, you've got influencer word of mouth. And the last time that I looked at the numbers, the average individual reaches 750 people a year through their social media channels. Wow. That means if you've had a great experience at a restaurant, 
or a horrible experience at a restaurant, it is one message that reaches 750 people within a community. So you're a brand influencer and without that retention, you're putting your brand at risk. So those are two very good reasons to focus on retention and make sure that your existing clientele is the clientele that sticks with you. And there's always a danger when you're looking at retention, you're thinking about churn, to think about as just numbers and data like it's impacting your revenue it's impacting your kpis your okrs that you're trying to hit but what about the people behind it especially in these difficult times these economically trying times for a lot of people how do you get past just looking at data how do you get past that and actually see like the actual people and their needs and how you respond to that you know, again, I think it really starts by just stepping back from the table. The data will be integrated 100% into any of the plans and start looking at the needs of the segments that you focus on. You know, maybe your product is targeted to first time moms. They have a very different emotional relationship with an organization that's helping them raise their their first child than, you know, the auto enthusiast that's a car collector. So when you sit back and just start to map out who are the people that I'm working with, what do they value? What do they love? What makes them feel great? It's going to be different for every organization, but, you know, tried and true marketing, best practice, unanticipated rewards, a nice thank you. Sometimes something as simple as I still get excited over happy birthday emails that come from companies that I've got relationships with, even if I haven't bought anything in the past year, because it it is a nice reminder that the brand cares about me as a person and I'm not just, you know, customer 462 or I'm not the customer that's worth X percent profit margin this year. And, and it helps with retention. And and to tie back to what you were saying earlier about authenticity as well, I think having that kind of relationship between a brand and the customer seem authentic has got to be very important. Like you can't just send off rote emails now. Like it's got to be highly personalized, highly tailored to the almost to an individual level's needs and uh, and wants, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And I came up with this phrase years ago, I call it AIR. And it's what I use to build any type of marketing strategy or communications. If your content is not authentic, inspirational and relatable, you're dead in the water. So when you think about it, you don't want your message to sound like some of the new chatbot programs that are out there, even though they're getting closer to human, they're still not as authentic as, as they need to be. Inspirational is, you know, think about what does this person aspire for? If we go back to the new moms, they don't aspire to be the you know ruler of the free world necessarily they aspire to take care of their baby and be a great mom and maybe get a full night's sleep sometime in the near future and that's what i mean by inspiration you know maybe your product can help them you know get to the point in life where they're trying to get to and improve their quality of life and then relatable if you're selling a very technical product and your message comes out with lots of emojis that the tech community isn't a fan of, also, you're going to go right into the spam, delete, block, whatever venue that you're using, unfollow, and, and you're not going to have a shot at a second chance in many cases. So when it comes to that relatability, like how do you get to understand what is relatable to your audience? Is it looking at data? Is it 
speaking to your audience like well, how would you go about it getting to understand a brand new audience and understand what is that relatability yeah so for the data-driven cmos that are listening to this absolutely take all your data run it through work with a third-party company if you need to and understand the segments and triggers what are the keywords what are the phrases what are the price points that drove somebody to respond to you if you're not the data-driven cmo and you're more on the brand side of the house Hold some focus groups, customer coffees, get out there and talk to people. I don't know, call 10 people that you know in your network that are your target audience and ask them what they would think about it. You learn a lot. You know, oftentimes marketers are, are stuck behind desks for businesses that they work for and they're trying to decide, hey, this is, if I was this customer, this is what I would think. And they never take the time to just ask the customer what they would think. So that's that's super important. For sure, for sure. So we talked about looking at customers in different ways, particularly the generational way. We've talked about making sure that you're reaching them in the right way with the right messaging. Let's talk about sort of, I suppose, crisis management's the best phrase I can think of. But in terms of like the, the current economic crises that a lot of regions are going through, I'm sure a lot of companies have just been tackling a big major crisis like with a lot of companies are still probably dealing with the after effects of covid and how to retain their customers through those very difficult times what's different this time around like can they just use that covid playbook that they put together or is it or do they, do they need something unique to this current issue that a lot of their customers are facing you know it's interesting because the COVID playbook was definitely DEFCON 5 as far as how do we get in front of people and get a message out around safety and security and, and focus on wellness and everything that has to go along with that. We moved out of that into a little bit of a different crisis where the cost of eggs are 87% higher than they were a year ago and really ridiculous things that, that you wouldn't even expect. So I think you really just need to go back to basics. What is the customer going to find value in? How are you going to improve their quality of living? And realistically, what's the price point that they would be willing to afford and, and start with that? Again, if you go back to the different demographics and understand where their priorities are for investing, now might be the time to switch your messaging to a little older target audience because they're investing in products, services, and solutions that take care of the family. Or it might be the time to go the other way and retain your existing loyal customer base, but start, you know, investing in some creative tests and ideas with some of the very social channels and influencer networks to figure out how you're going to start building the base with the out the upcoming alphas the z's and the early year millennials in there so that you can focus on creating a path to success as we move forward so you mentioned um the Hilton and Diamond example of companies that are sort of splitting up their approaches to different generations um, can, can you think of any other examples of companies that are doing that kind of thing right now, particularly in light of the, the economic recessions and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, any auto company, any new auto company is doing that right now. So you see that there. Restaurants are starting to pick up that methodology and mode also based on what type of restaurant they are, how affordable it would be. You'll you'll start to see, I mean, even Marriott's doing it. I applaud Marriott tremendously. When you look at their TV ads or their videos, it's about 
a family getting together. So you see the elder of the family bringing together the children and sometimes the grandchildren all in one place to create a sense of peace and happiness. And, and I think that you're going to continue to see that even in the B2B space, even if you're selling a server, gosh, going back a million years to when I worked at Ogilvy and we did an IBM campaign where, where two uh, developers were locked in a server room and, and we did an online treasure hunt to try and get Ned and Gil out of the server room to engage <laughs> that audience of, of people who would search the web and look for lines of code and different Easter eggs. I mean, that kind of stuff is, is gamification that millennials tend to absolutely obsess over. So there's different ways to sell into the different generations that are, that are pretty effective. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so to sort of tie things together, um, like, as I said, we've kind of broken this down into sort of like three different sections, a generational gap, customer attention and crisis management how would you tie those three different things together and sort of like maybe some some golden rules of how people should be approaching their different segments of audiences right now start with air make sure that your content is authentic, that you mean what you say. If you're going to be the most environmental friendly company or product or service, you better have the backup to prove it because people will rat you out if you're not. Make sure that it's inspirational, not for your company. I aspire to be the best car manufacturer, but for your audience. I aspire to get a full night's sleep. I aspire to get my next promotion. I aspire to keep my business safe with my anti-fraud solution and whatever whatever the opportunity is and then relatable so many people use marketing jargon on their websites and their materials even on their tv ads even if it's ott and it just doesn't work and see i just did it talking about ott who knows what that is <laughs> pretend that you're at a, a weekend party with somebody and you're trying to describe what your company does and if you can't put that type of language into your advertising you're probably missing some opportunities for sure for sure so Jeannie as well as your upcoming tv show you're also going to be appearing at our CMO summit in New York are you excited I'm very excited for it it's I'm excited I'm the MC, so not only am I excited but I need to get everyone else excited because we're <laughs> going to have an incredibly powerful day and I'm most excited to be great talks uh, I've you know I know who's coming already and I've looked through the list really excited about some of the speakers and the conversations that they're going to be having I know a few of them so I know what they're going to talk about but I'm most excited about everybody getting to network together and and really share ideas and thoughts and challenges and I want everybody to walk out of that event thinking wow here's three things that I can go back and do like right now and it's going to get me my next promotion Excellent, excellent. I mean, it's it's our first in-person event on the East Coast, so I'm I'm very ex excited to see how things go. I mean, it's New York; it's the home of advertising, so very looking forward to getting some CMOs together in the big rooms and seeing what comes out of it. So it's going to be an awesome event. Um, thank you very much for taking time to speak to me today, Jeannie. I really enjoyed this conversation. Like it's we I, I feel like we've covered three very very important things tie them together in a very succinct way so thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me today Jeannie and I'm sure our audience appreciates it as well absolutely anytime thanks Will thanks Jeannie um and thank you to our audience for listening as well we'll be back soon with some CM with some more CMO combos mm -hmm.
like what you heard from this CMO combo, make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a rating so the whole world knows how great it was. Don't miss the opportunity to be in the room with great CMOs and marketing leaders like Jeannie Walden at the CMO Summit New York on March 15th. Get your ticket by following the link in the episode description.